Good morning, everybody. This is Kevin Astarshima. We're here for Nurse to Nurse Talk. And fuck you, bitches. We're going to rock it in the world today. <laughs> oh my gosh. Woo! I freaking love you. You are freaking a ball of energy. It's too damn early for this, Kevin. Yeah, no, it's not. I love it. I've been up since five o'clock. I've been waiting on your ass and shit. I'm in the studio saying, Where the hell is Starshima at? God damn it. Right? Hey, they're going to be like, Pretty soon here, I can see us totally having a podcast where we are having episodes drop every single day. And they're going to wake up to us every single day because we're going to be their day starter. <laughs> They may get tired of my ass, though. So, <laughs> No, 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 no. They love you. They love you. Well, good morning and welcome to another episode here on the Nurse Tuners podcast. You know, today I wanted to talk about, I reached out to Kevin and I'm like, Kevin, like, I think we need to have this straight talk and we need to have this straight talk about nurse burnout, right? And is it really a real thing? You know, I'm seeing so many of my nurse friends who are saying that they're exhausted, they're tired, they're not happy with going to work anymore. And although nursing has been a very pressed profession for a very long time, what is the big thing? So I hear a lot of us blaming it on because it seems so easy to blame on things like COVID, right? It's easy to blame on things like nursing shortage, but let's talk about it. Let's have straight talk of where we as nurses may be burning ourselves out, right? Yeah. What do you think, yeah. Kevin? I agree. I mean, I think sometimes I think both the organizations and the nurses bear some responsibility. But when you're ready, I got the stats for you. So if you want to know, 33% of healthcare workers leave their employers within the first three months. 33% of healthcare workers, it doesn't specify nurses, but it is a, a article on nurses. So I'm assuming it's, they're talking about nurses. But 33% of healthcare workers leave their employees within the first three months. 83% of RN staff have turned over since 2016. 83%. So, 83%. and then 80, 80, 83. And I have the articles if everybody wants me to post it. And then 900,000 RNs or nurses, it doesn't specify nurses, but I'm assuming 900,000 nurses are expected to retire by 2025. That's only two years from now. So, you got to just keep that in mind. There's 17.5% of new licensed nurses, meaning new grads, 17.5% leave their job within the first year. So just keep that in mind. And it costs about forty to fifty thousand dollars to replace one nurse. Wait, wait, wait. Forty to fifty thousand dollars. I need to tell some of my women in my community who are out here yeah. trying to help organizations can return yeah. that ROI. Forty thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. So their range according to the study is thirty-eight thousand to fifty-nine thousand is the range of the average cost to replace a nurse. And I'm assuming that means med surge versus ICU versus you know specialty nurse. So I'm assuming that's where they get their numbers from. So that's insane. You know, Crazy. so look, the exit for me, I think is really, really alarming, right? So you said by 2025, 83% of the workforce is expected to leave, right? Retire, right. go do something else. What does that look like? So why do you think that 83% are nurses finding new things to do? Are nurses burnt out? Like, what do you think is some of the driving forces behind that? My biggest pet peeve I think I have with most companies is that they hire a nurse, they, especially like new nurses, they'll tell them that they're going to give them six to 12 weeks or maybe 18 weeks of training. We're going to you know, take good care of you. We'll work you up. Because, you know, most nurses come out of school, they don't know shit. They just learn the basics. Your first year of nursing is nothing but time management. You're just trying to keep your head above water, hoping you don't fucking kill somebody. Your second year of nursing, that's when you've got your time management down. You can 
start relaxing. Then you start what I call honing your craft. Then your third year, you know, you're trying to be a better nurse. But I just think we don't provide the education and the training that we're promised. And they feel abandoned. They just get thrown in. They say 12 weeks and then after maybe a week, they get thrown into the floor and say, okay, bitch, hope you make it. So that's right. <laughs> so you think that leads to burnout because now they're not I supported, do. right? They're not getting the training that they need. <clears throat> and so now essentially because they don't have maybe the reserve and the resources and knowing how to prepare for these type of things, because I tell you, nursing school really teaches us how to be nurses and do tasky things. It really don't work in the person, right? In the coping mechanisms that we need to be nurses. So with that, maybe they're a lack that they don't have that support that they need. And like if that eye-opening awakening, like what the hell did I get myself into? And with mm-hmm. that, it's like, let me go find something else. Let me make a quick pivot, go back to school, whatever that looks like. Yeah, uh, I, what you're thinking. I do. And I think some of it has to do with age, too. So I'm looking at another study. It says percentage of California RNs employed in nursing by age group from 2006 to 2022. In 2006, the average age group was 91% was less than 30 out of that. So the average age nurse is around 30 years old to 65 years old, believe it or not. Wow. In 2022, there's about 32% of 65 plus years old. And then there's about maybe 50 to 60% is like 30 plus. Okay. So the older nurses are leaving, you know, because they're just getting tired and they're tired of taking care of the shit. And they're just probably fed up with the shit. So. Right. I can see older nurses with the dynamic shifting in nursing because even me not being a 25, 30 year nurse, but a nurse 10, 11 years and a nurse there's a different way that we nurse today than when I first initially entered the profession. And I know you probably can see a different dynamic as well. And I think a big thing is the demand, right? Mm-hmm. I think that now nurses are required to do more with less, right? We become specialists over areas of where we're not specialists at. We are the respiratory therapists. We are the wound nurse. We are the housekeeping in some cases because healthcare is short. So I agree that some of the dynamic of nursing can make people burnt out, especially when that isn't the way that you knew how to do a thing or the culture of the thing for a period of time. I do want to talk about nurse burnout and in a relationship to who is the really the corporate? Is it nursing? Is it us that we bring this on in ourselves? Is it the organizations that bring it on? Is it a little bit of, of both? Like, what do you think about that? I think it's both because most nurses, you know, they don't pay attention what they're responsible for. You know, they're assuming that the business is going to take care of them. I'll give you an example. I, I meant to do this at the beginning because it hurts my heart. I had a good friend that passed away. I, I shouldn't say friend. We weren't like best friends, but she was an acquaintance of mine. Her name's Mitch. I won't mention her last name just for the respect out of her family, but she was an RN. She was an mm-hmm. OR. She worked in the OR, really nice lady, my age, and she passed away this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And so... Most everybody, people that worked with her didn't even know that she passed away. You know, I don't even work with her directly. And I knew she passed away. I always tell nurses, you could fucking die today and nobody will give a shit about you. They won't even know about you. The company will replace you tomorrow. So here you are slaving away. You're working all these hours, picking up overtime. And, you know, you could die and nobody would even know or give a shit. They'll just put your job posting tomorrow. So you got to take care of yourself. That's a way to really put things into perspective, you know, is that... I hate to say it like this, but we're nurses. And, you know, at one point we were considered heroes in a big pandemic, right? And we then now the they're us with things like pizza, yeah. <laughs> you know, to yeah. say, hey, thank you for your service. 
but I think it really is true. We're all just a number at an organization. And although we give, now I'm not saying don't take pride in what you do and how you're delivering care, but sometimes we overcompensate and we do too much when really those things aren't reciprocated or appreciated. So why are we burning ourselves out for things that yeah, I agree. With that. I mean, I'm not saying don't give your best because I always yeah. tell my students and people who come through my doors, I'm like, when I walk through the door of the hospital, my job is patient safety. That's my number yes. one goal. It's Absolutely. not that I don't love you, Star Seaman, but I could give a fuck about you. If you're not there for patient safety, then, you know, I don't know what the fuck to tell you. But How dare I'm you? There. Where's one of those sounds <laughs> at? Give me the damn soundboard. <laughs> Shit. You better oh, care. I care about you. I love you, but when I'm I'm up in the hospital, I'm there to take care of the patient. You know, people say, oh, my friends at work, my friends at work. Nobody's your damn friend at work. If you die, if you're sick, they're not going to be there to help you. Call one of those people at work and see if they're going to come help you if you're poor or broke or your family's sick or whatever. You know, I could. I don't know anybody that could call except my wife who would come and help my ass. She don't even come. I call her on the phone and she don't even answer my damn call. So I tell her if I'm dead on the road somewhere, you know, I won't be able to get a hold of you. And she says, well, if you're dead, you won't be calling me. I'm like, what the fuck? Well, she can tell you, she has a valid point. Whatever. That's some fucking bullshit, man. <laughs> Pick up the fucking phone and answer, man. But I pulled up a thing from the board because most people don't know this. Speaking of burnout, and this is why you get burnout because, and it'll tie into our next uh, podcast talking about ratios and stuff. But the board has this statement that they put out. It's just most nurses aren't aware of it. And we can post it if you want. It says, RN responsibility when floating to new patient care unit or assigned to new population. You understand what that means? Yeah. When you're going to a different area, that's not your area of specialty. Right. So it says the RN is always responsible for providing safe, competent nursing care. Before accepting a patient assignment, the RN must have the necessary knowledge, judgments, skills, and ability to provide the required care. And it doesn't matter if you're in a new assignment, like if you're a new nurse fresh out of school, Mm -hmm. do you have the knowledge, judgment, skills, and ability to provide safe care? Are you competent as a new nurse? Your teach, you ask me, are new nurses, Fresh out of school, competent to do all of that. No, absolutely not. It's like I mean, you gave <laughs> with the years that it takes to become a great nurse. And even at that, like there are some things that I have not seen that I have not done, right. even in the time that I spent at the bedside. And I thought I was pretty amazing. So no. So it says here, the Department of Health Services, Title 22, it says these regulations are in addition to the Nursing Practice Act. Registered nurses and patient care personnel who may be temporarily redirected or floated are required to undergo the process of competency validation for their assigned patient care. What does it mean, the process of competency validation? What does that mean? Well, you have to have some type of checkoff or something, right? Something has <laughs> right. to prove you're competent. Right. Assigning only duties, assigning only those duties and responsibility for which competency has been validated. And then the RN who has demonstrated competency for the patient care unit is responsible for planning and implementing the care and coordinating the care by LVNs or unlicensed personnel. Okay. And, and it's, go, go ahead. Well, no, I was says, just going to say, so what you're unpacking here is basically that we as nurses, to help with our own burnout, we need to know what we are 
entitled to what are our rights as nurses to make sure that we don't take on things that are not ours. So we need to know how to speak up and use our voices and not doing it in an insubordinate type way, but in a way that it's safe is protecting for us. Huh? No, no, it's you got to use the correct words. It is safe for the patient. Is it safe? Okay, safety. There you go. <laughs> Pull me up then. <laughs> well, because that's what the state regulators use there. Or what start seeing what are you and your staff doing for patient safety? That's True. the words they You're use. Right. So why don't you use it back on administration? Because the next line ties into what you just said. RNs who have not completed a competency validation for the unit cannot be assigned total responsibility for patient care, including duties and responsibility for planning and implementing. There's another statement that goes on and says, if your charge nurse or your director or your manager, whoever assigns you this, does it without you being competent, they can be reported to the board as well. Are you in the healthcare field or would you like to learn how to save a life? Let Central Valley Medical teach you today. We offer CPR and first aid, IV therapy, ACLS, PALS, NRP, and more. Visit us at www.morethancpr.com or call us today at 559-765-0306. We do more than just CPR. Learn to respond to a code, not react. There's another statement that goes on and says, if your charge nurse or your director or your manager, whoever assigns you this, does it without you being competent, they can be reported to the board as well. Ooh. It's just most nurses aren't aware of this. You know, they yeah. think that they have to accept the assignments that, you know, are beyond their skills. And I think they get overwhelmed. That's part of the burnout because they don't feel supported. That's things we don't always learn in nursing school. Those are the things that we have to pull ourselves up about as we begin to grow as professionals. So I, you know, totally, totally agree. And I think when we don't understand these things, then we begin to take assignments and get into spaces where we feel unsafe with delivering care, but we still give that care to our patients (laughs) because of the fear. And then next thing you know, the mental exhaustion that comes secondary to it, the physical exhaustion and doing that day in and day out, because the demand of organizations and you eventually lead to burnout where you feel overwhelmed. You're getting anxiety before you're coming to work. You don't want to go. You're getting palpitations, all the things that come out that manifest secondary to burnout. Yeah. Well, some of that too is nurses working two or three jobs. Like I won't mention his name, but I I like the guy. He's nice. Him and I first didn't like each other when we first met because he's very, he was very straight laced and I'm a, I'm a prick. But him and I have grown closer over over the years. But he worked three or four 12-hour shifts or 14-hour shifts, came to class all day, goes to sleep, goes back to work. And is that healthy for him? Is that safe for the patient? We're working two or three jobs because we want to live this fancy lifestyle. And then we bitch that the organization don't care. But, I mean, you're you're burning yourself out, too, because you're working too much. Quit working seven, eight. And most people don't notice. But if you work, let's say you work three shifts a week because that's what you're required to. And they say, hey, Starshima, come in. I want you to work an extra shift. If you pick up an extra shift at that same job, it puts you into a different tax bracket. And now you're paying more in taxes than you are really bringing home at that shift. If you really want to bring home more money, you should get a part-time job and just work one day a month extra. And that you'll keep more of your money. But when you pick up extra shift or take, I'm not a big fan of bonuses, like Mm -hmm. bonuses, because what happens when you get a bonus, you know? They tax you more. You get almost all of it goes to taxes and shit. So, mm-hmm. I mean, just stop working so much. Like, take care mm-hmm. of yourself. You know? 
That's a big thing. I think that we should explore that topic and really unpack that because I think where a lot of burnout is, is coming. It is self-driven, meaning that we have probably pre-COVID, pre all the extra stressors, pre the people exiting in droves of bedside and the shortage and all throughout healthcare. Because when the trying to think the ones that like that cleans the room for us. I can't even think of the proper name of it. Housekeeping. Uh, oh, environmental house, services. In, environmental yeah. services. You got with nurse short. It impacts right. us as nurses, right? When RT short, it impacts us as nurses because now we have more things to do. So with that mass exodus, people getting sick and people not being able to attend work, the workload has gotten a heck of a lot heavier. So prior to COVID, I think that nursing and their ability to earn money and the stress of the job wasn't as huge, mm-hmm. right? And because of that, they were making money, working these few different jobs, and they weren't as burnt out. They felt like they were adapting, maintaining, right? And then now they got to keep up that same lifestyle because that's how they're living now. They work these jobs to live the life that they truly desire. And then now it's harder (laughs) to get the money, right? You work harder. You're more exhausted. You're stressed out. And patient load isn't as easy as it was before. So we have to look at it as nurses, where are we ourselves aiding to our own burnout and where we need to take responsibility as nurses and not blame it on the organizations, right? I agree. You know, so I, I think that's huge. I put a, in the chat box there for you, I put in a link that you can always reference. It's a, it's called Relias. I don't know what the company is, but it's a toolkit for nurse mm-hmm. retention, recruitment strategies. And you know, this is an organization that's run by hospitals and their own evidence proves what to do and how to be successful in keeping nurses. They just don't want to do it because part of it, I think the hospitals don't want to pay the money. Because if you have a new grad nurse and you, I got to pay them, I don't even know what a new grad nurse makes nowadays, probably 70, $80,000 a year, if that, then I have to pay you the seasoned nurse, another 80 to $100,000, I'm paying double the price for the same job because both of you are taking care of the same patient. And that's what the managers look at. They don't look at it long term. And that's why I tell some nurses, like when you go to a job and you got a manager that says, Starshima, what are your goals in five years? Fucking turn the other way and find another job because that person doesn't give a shit about you in five years because they're not taught to think that way. I don't even interview that way. If I'm going to interview you, I want to know that you're intelligent as a nurse or if you're not intelligent as a nurse, are you at least willing to learn? And sometimes I think that can be with burnout, but sometimes I think burnout is because of money as well, because some of the new nurses, they just care about money. I'm not saying all of them, so don't write me nasty emails and shit and say, you know, that's not what we care about. But I think a lot of it's money. But learning development, you know, we want to make sure that we get the education we need. We want to make sure that we can perform as independent as we can. We want to feel independent as a nurse. So I think a lot of it, we got to learn how to do both financial incentive, education incentive, feeling supported. So I agree. And, and the money, let's just be honest. Like, I think that I think it's OK to say that partially I've entered the profession for money because nursing has traditionally been a profession that's well respected. You care for people, people come in who care, and the byproduct is stability for your family, right? Your heart is to first care, but also the money on the backside is great. I mean, you got a great reward at some point, which was the monetary aspect for the work that you put in. Now, some days didn't compensate, right? 
because some days you just see different types of things. So it is a form of stability for us as nurses. But I think where the shift is coming now, where it hasn't quite caught up with the mentality of individuals that we're playing in a different landscape than what we did three years ago, four years ago, five years ago, you work a little harder for your money. And I think in a previous podcast, you talked about all these different things that happened during COVID, people getting raises, people getting this. Well, nursing didn't get raises. They weren't giving you incentives to stay at the bedside and not leave. So it almost doesn't look the same in my eyes of what it looked like before. And so that misconception of going into it and what nursing looked like may be discouraging to people once they get in there to see how hard you have to work to really get the money. Not saying that it was never hard, but it is a different dynamic. What do you think about that? Oh, but I agree. I mean, I think that part of the problem is, you know, they don't invest in us and stuff, even though they say they do invest in us. But I don't think they do because I'm looking at this, you know, because, you know, I'm a research person. at kids. But it says employee turnover affects the entire organization, hospitals and other organizations with higher turnover rates often experience the following side effects or communication and teamwork, which we see all the time, scheduling and coverage challenges, increased employee overtime, lower staff morale, negative impacts on the financial bottom line. So their own data shows what they're doing to themselves, but all they got to do to fix this, this is what most nurses say that will help keep them at the job. Higher salaries, that's always at the top because everybody wants to get paid more. Flexible work schedules. A lot of nurses, well, I I don't know the numbers, but I'm going to make a guess. I would say 80%, if not 85% of nurses are what gender? Female. Which have kids, you know, children, parents. So the next one on the list is flexible work schedules. Mm -hmm. You know, like we don't have, I don't know, most places, I don't think they have what's called uh, Mm self-scheduling. I think you're, somebody schedules you or you. Why not have self-scheduling and stuff? And then sign-on bonuses, I don't really care about that shit, like I told you. Relocation packages, I'm for that. If the company helps you relocate and pays for a house or why not buy a damn nursing house so they don't have a mortgage and shit. Loan right. forgiveness, pay for people's loans. I'm okay with that. Now, I know a lot of companies have tuition assistance, but I don't really like tuition assistance. I'm not a fan of tuition assistance, whether it's government or private, because most people don't spend it on the education. They spend it on bullshit, weed, wine and stuff. I think Wait, that, not weed and wine, though. Not yes, weed they do. Wine. They do. Think about this. People that go to city college, they get their Pell Grants and stuff. They don't even use it for school. They buy weed, wine. You know, they go out and party and shit. I want us to be educated, but you got to use the money for education. So I would team up with schools because they want everybody to have a bachelor's. I want the hospitals to team up with schools and make it affordable or just pay for the damn schooling. If I pay for your school to become a bachelor's, a bachelor's in nursing, and I pay you a decent wage, I'm going to stay there forever. You reward me, I'll reward you, you know. And that's like loyalty. You built that bond of loyalty. Getting back to human connection. Yeah, that's right. Another one is incentives for pursuing certifications and career development opportunities. Well, I could tell you a local hospital that you and I both worked at. They want you to get these certifications like I'm a certified emergency nurse and a vascular access specialist. When I first started there, I think they paid two bucks extra an hour. Now they pay 75 cents. So they decreased it. (laughs) And then enhanced benefits such as retirement plans and child care discounts. I mean, those are a lot of things that people are looking for. 
Well, you know, I just want on that retirement thing. I think we have to be more yeah. informed about retirement because a lot of these exactly. retirement things aren't really for us as employees. Right. They are for the organizations and people have to understand those things. And even you can spend a, the last 20 years at an organization and saving well and still not have what you need. There's other things that you are can. out here that can help you better. So we also have to be informed about, you know, when they say like better retirement, they can match you dollar for dollar for the next 20 years. And I mean, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, will you I really do. be able to live that life that you I'm not a, Yeah, You know, I'm not a big fan of fucking 401ks, 401ks, mutual funds. They take a turn for the worse in 2008. And a lot of nurses lost their shirt and shit. You and I talked about this offline. I'm, I just start, learned about this. And if you never learned about it, I encourage everybody to look up an IUL, Independence Universal Life Fund and stuff. It's, it's not even a fund. It's, it's the fucking bank of Kevin and the bank of Starshima. It's your money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I encourage everybody. IUL, look it up. Do it. Right. And the crazy thing money. is that some of these large banks where we put our money at is doing the exact same thing with yeah. our money right. into these that's accounts. The, yeah, that's what all the rich people are using. They leave all the other scraps and shit for us poor people. <laughs> right. No, seriously. Like this is, is. what they're what they're doing. And we have to be more informed. So I don't know when it comes to that retirement thing. I don't know if it'll ever get better. Even if I put the max away that I could put a year and they match yeah. me dollar for dollar, will it still right. give me or grow me and let me live a decent life? I mean, when you think about IULs, we all have IULs. And I started my children right when they were born with IULs. So when I look at my son and if I put away like I'm supposed to put away, I mean, this guy before he's even... <laughs> really establish his own career, he's already wealthy. Right. You know what yeah, I mean? So IUS grow average, they've grown 9.6% over the last 20 years on average. Yeah. They can do more, but they haven't done less than 9.6. So I don't know yeah. why nobody knows about that shit. So yeah. Well I think we don't often talk about it. And I think that people always look at things like, oh, we trust so much of what these organizations are giving us that this is the only way that we don't look for other ways to right. do things. And now we're like, that's why you hear the thing, like, give me a better retirement. Because why? Because people are dissatisfied at the very end of their career because they've lost money over and over again. And now they don't have enough right before it's time to retire. The market crashed. Like, look at what's going on with people now who thought they were going to retire in right. 2023, you know? Right. So I think that we are not informed as people. I'm and then we always think that something is a gimmick. But why not stop and pause instead of putting it here? Put it here. You know, yeah. if you're going to stay with an organization, you're going to be vested anyway. So why not put your money somewhere else? Whether you pay taxes on it now or pay taxes later. I'm like, I'd rather pay taxes now than to pay taxes later. Is taxes ever going to go down? Nope. Nope. And I'm, <laughs> I mean, I'm one of those nurses. I'm one of those nurses that got fucked over by the 401ks and 403b. So I know mm -hmm. what I'm talking about. So I'll mm -hmm. never put that shit in there again. I won't do it. I've used other tools and avenues to secure my future and my kids' future. So mm -hmm. I'm leaving old school money to my kids. So Right. And, and you know, like you build wealth differently, you know, like working for jobs. I know we digress off of burnout to wealth. Well, this is going to be a good thing because <laughs> thinking about how nurses are burnt out and how are they setting themselves up. But working for the man, even if you got five and six jobs as a nurse, I was blown away when I heard one person say they worked six jobs. I'm like, how the hell do you do it? I'm just exhausted by you saying you work six right, jobs. Right. Right. Something isn't right. I don't know? want to work fucking six jobs and shit. Right. Well, and like, that's, if that's the case, how are you ever get wealthy? Working six right. jobs, you'll never be able to enjoy your money. Yeah, but that's, like, people, that's because a lot of nurses and most Americans, uh, there was a study that came out. People that make $100,000 a year in America, 
still live paycheck to paycheck. How the fuck is that possible? Part of that, though, yeah, but part of that is because you're living beyond your fucking means. You won't yeah. take care and change the way your lifestyle is, too. Right. You got fucking fancy cars, fancy houses, fancy clothes, fancy shoes. I got the top six reasons if you want to hear them. So what makes a nurse leave? Leaving can be based upon several factors, but the top reason cited from nurse.com survey in 2021. Number mm-hmm. one, I fucking can't believe this. Number one. Are you what ready? Is it? What do you think it is? Job satisfaction? Dissatisfaction with Dissatisfaction. Man- management. Come on. That's no fucking surprise. And then no, number, not at all. Yes, yes. number two, better pay elsewhere. Uh-huh. Number three, I'm not sure what this means, but I get it. Maybe it's because it's what we're talking about, burnout. Number three is lower mental health risk. But the problem is, even if I brought in a, a psychologist or a psychiatrist into the floor, because that's what the Mercy Nurses Association was talking about doing. They want to get a psychiatrist or a psychologist to come into every ED to help the staff as well. But most people said they wouldn't talk to them because they're afraid that somebody's going to be looking at them like they're kooky and shit. Because we but don't talk about though, let's be let, let's unpack this for a minute, though. So when you think about, think about the things that emergency room nurses see. These are the things that we don't talk about. I tell my students sometime in the classroom is, you know, like, no disrespect, but it's almost, and I don't know exactly what it's like to be a veteran. I just hear the different things, right? When we go through these situations, right, and then we're just lean to our own coping mechanisms to be able to get ourselves through. And then it just builds up and builds up and builds yeah. up inside of us until it breaks. Let's be honest. Kevin. Wait, wait, wait. Do you know when it breaks? It's like a threshold breaking point. And yeah. sometimes you never know when it's coming. Yeah, but usually it happens when you're older, like an older nurse, because when you're young, you work a fucking five or six jobs. Once True. you get over 40, like you notice, you get, once you get over 40, you're like, fuck this, I'm not working five or six jobs. You start slowing down and now your brain has time to catch up. Yes, that is true. Because I felt like I went through a little bit of that. I don't know if it was health related, but it was just all of it started to come back during COVID. It really came up. And I think about the times as an ER nurse, like y'all just give me a minute. Like it's been times I had a patient who's coding in a room. I have to walk out of that room like I wasn't coding a patient, whether they made it or not walk into an ankle pain room just as right. if nothing happened 30 right. seconds ago. Yeah. Get to the next room, bitch, and hurry the fuck up. You're slagging. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And in between that, nobody, I had to learn how to push those feelings underneath the rug. And yeah. nobody dealt with those things. And you know, those debriefings that they talk about that we're supposed to I've have. I've never had one. I've never had one. I've never had one in 30 fucking years of my medical career. Never had one debrief. Right. They're full yes, of so- shit. Right. So I feel like as the world is waking up, when you're talking about lower mental health, I want to go to a place where my mental health is not going to be disrupted to that capacity and it's not going to not be supported because I think we really got to support our nurses. And I think that's why some nurses are experiencing burnout, because we don't talk to you about these things. People think they want to go be an OR nurse and a trauma nurse and it's just fast and it's adrenaline. Well, a lot of days, a lot of people don't make it while you're caring for them. Like, how do you deal with that? You know, how do you unpack that? You know what I mean? If nobody's doing that help to help you with that, then one day, once you step away, you like shit, you got anxiety, you like healthcare or something happening to me. Am I dying every time some go wrong? (laughs) You know, it's just crazy. I don't think nurses, I don't think nurses would want to talk and admit that they have anxiety or having anxiety attacks because People would see them as being weak. If you talk about, oh, I got anxiety attacks, so suck it up, you're fucking okay. Just 
unless you've ever experienced an anxiety attack yourself, you have no idea. Because I, I was one of those nurses that if you had anxiety or talked about anxiety, I'm like, you're fucking stupid, bitch. Put some fucking Robitussin on and get your ass back to work. But See, the first I'm day, <laughs> the first day I experienced a true anxiety attack, I was like, oh shit, now I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. It's like I, I have suffered real anxiety attack. Now I don't yes. take medicine. I just I went to counseling. I, I learned to talk about it. I stopped having 20 irons in the fire. I reduced my lifestyle and I counseling alone helped me and stuff. So I don't need to take medication. But if you need to take medications, I'm not mad at your ass, but talk to right. somebody about it. So but here's the thing too, Heaven. We're human. Like we cannot dehumanize just because we're nurses and we get that RN behind our name, we get that LVN behind our name, didn't take the humanistic approach away from us. Now, I have to agree that things have flexed my muscle. I have built the muscle like going to the gym, working with them quads, right? My muscle has gotten bigger. My thresholds are not as weak, but I'm still human. Like right. I can sit outside of a room and cry. And if you can, you make you wonder like, are you really what? a nurse? Do you have that level? Wait, wait, you cry, you cry at work? No, I don't cry at work, but I'm saying that I can have that <laughs> compassion with that. But it's been times that I came home and like totally like, what the hell just happened? Hey, but why today? can't you cry? Yeah, but why can't you cry at work? I think for me, I am just one of those strong people. No, where I don't. I, I think you're full of shit. I think you hold it in because you don't want people to see what. Not that I'm weak. I, well, probably at that time because I hadn't done the amount of inner work that I've done today is it probably is like, I'm trying to be strong for the family who I'm caring for or this. But I'm not, saying, nurses, I'm not saying fall apart and cry in front of the patient. I get that. No. But I mean, what's wrong with walking outside in the hallway, sitting down and crying a little oh, bit? Oh, nothing. I've probably people, done that. Yeah. <laughs> I've probably people, done that from the stress of a day, from a patient dying, from, you know what I mean? Like, But if somebody sure. saw you, what would they say about you if you was on the floor crying? They probably would see that I'm human because I've no, seen it from a I disagree what? with that. That's why we have our nurses eating their young because those bitches look at you like, oh, look at her. She fucking can't handle it. I think they would eat you up and shit. I don't think they should, but I think that's what they would do. I think but they you know would what look I think about, You know what I think about those kind of people today? That they, that they have some level of insecurity <laughs> within themselves. I agree with that. They need to pull the butt plug at their ass and shit. Yeah. Because, you know, I've had nurses that sat at my bedside, Kevin. When I lost Yari, some of the nurses I work with down in the ER, you know, some nurses who were like friends to me have been on this journey with me. They sat on my bedside and cried. Let me tell you about those nurses. I will never, ever forget that nurse. That's I know good. that that nurse had a heart. I know that nurse had compassion. Yeah. I know that nurse felt what I was feeling at the moment. Did I feel like she was weak? No, at that moment, yeah. they made me feel every bit of human, That's right? Totally and good. I appreciate them immensely and they know who they are, you know, and I would never, ever forget them. I feel like my other children are like a part of them. Like I know God gave them to me, but they are so much bigger than me because I've had people along the journey. So that level of being human. Yeah. Don't be weak and break down at the patient and be crying more than the family is crying. At the bed, <laughs> I know. Come on. Whatever. <laughs> don't be afraid to be human. Like, Right. Now, don't be that damn weak. Come yeah. on. <laughs> no, but I, I, no, I agree with it. I mean, look at me. I'm going to tell you this. Now, I didn't know that story. I learned something about you this morning. But my mom, my, I have an older sister that died when she was four. Now I know you, my mother. I won't tell you, but there's another nurse that we worked at at St. Agnes. I think she lost a child, too. Mm -hmm. Anybody that loses a kid and still fucking is standing upright and moving forward, I mean, I'm in awe and shit because I have no idea what the fuck I would do 
if one of my kids died. Like, that's my worst fear. Like, I'd probably shoot myself or shit. I know that sounds terrible, but look at me. I got to give you this. Yeah. I would because I, you know, I don't even know what the fuck I would do. But you got to be real with your patience. A lot of people I share my life because, you know, I got the shit kicked out of me as a kid. But I share my life with my family. I mean, not with my family, but with my patients. So I'm trying to be real and connecting with them because I'm no different. I'm just a fucking person like them. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's what patients want. They want you to be real. So right. that way you can build that connection and they can understand that you're human as well. Right. So, yeah. And I think that could burn people out, too, is like not allowing themselves to be human. Yeah. And they're using so much mental exhaustion to try to be strong instead of just being human at the bedside, holding a person's hand. You know, it's been right. times that I have patients come in after I lost Yari. I have patients who come in. I held their hand with tears held back in my eyes. Not every time did I feel appropriate to share my story. But I allow myself to be human, even if I was triggered in the moment, to be able to show a greater level yeah. of compassion. And that helps with healing. But when we don't become human, we burn ourselves out because right. the mental exhaustion is so huge, right? We, it, mental exhaustion is huger than physical exhaustion, you know? So when we don't be human, we are burning ourselves out. Be more compassionate for the people, love right. on the people. If you're triggered because of life experience, learn how to lean in and yeah. heal in that moment. To yeah, because the patient may heal. Yeah, yeah the sharing with the patient may heal you and stuff. You know, yeah. maybe they'll reach out and give you some empathy back and it'll heal you. That's why yeah. I share my life because I'm no different than you. You're no different. You, we just have different experiences and we have yeah. some more fucked up things than each other, but we can share and learn from that and stuff. So. Right. And it, yeah, I, I mean, you know, and it's just like, it's just different dynamics, right? We all got, I think, a level of mess within our lives that we are all healing through because if life was perfect, what what would be worth living? Right. You know what I mean? I think my about this times. Yeah, Go my ahead. motto is ride it till the wheels fall off. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's roll this shit out, you know? Right. <laughs> and I think that that helped me sustain for a lot of years at the bedside. I think for me, I learned when I was done and I learned when I was probably burnt out at my capacity. And I think that's something that we all should understand as well as our thresholds, because when we don't understand our thresholds, then patient safety is in compromise. Because if you're anxious to come to work, you don't want to be there, you're right. tired, you're, you got other things on your mind. Are you really in tune with the patient? Right. That's and right. is safety going to be compromised? I think it would be if you're not, you know, if you're not paying attention, you're not, you know, in tune with what's going on. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, like the, the Redonda vault, right, was they blame things on the organization. I'm sorry, I, I brought her up in another podcast, but I think it's something that's so in the news that people can relate to. And we say, you know, burnout, staffing shortages, all these things. But where did I, I don't side with I don't agree that she should have been let off. I feel like it was her responsibility regardless of where people may have identified that the organization could have done better. Okay. Well, I'm just going to be agree. <laughs> I'm just well, going to say that. Look at me on that case. A lot of people got the news from Facebook, Instagram, but if you read the CMS report, that fuck, I, now I don't agree that she should be tried and sentenced as a murder because that sets a precedence. That's the only thing I don't like. Right. Now that a nurse makes a mistake, we're all fucking in trouble and shit. Right. But I do think that she should have lost her license because in hindsight's 2020, there was a video of her in 2017. I had downloaded it, but I, I guess I deleted it because I can't find it. But she was not remorseful at all. 
and mm. she was a nice she was an ICU nurse that had experience eight years and I think she just totally fucked basic nursing up and so she should have been punished. I just yeah. don't think she should have been convicted as a murderer or a whatever right. first degree, whatever. I don't remember what it was, but the judge let her off anyway. But I just think that she probably should have lost her license and kicked to the fucking curb because she was a deep deep. So Right. But was she stressed out? Was she burnt <clears throat> out? Was those the reasons that we wanted to say led to the error? But where no. do we have to recognize that maybe today wasn't the day I need a mental health day yeah, and I, I mean, need to stay home? <laughs> I mean, I mean, you're right. You may have been burnt out and stuff, but if you are, then you got to recognize that and say, hey, I need some help. You got to learn to say no. I can't do this shit on my own today. You, I need help. But people exactly. won't do that because they feel like they can't say no. All but right, I so think that when we're at those stages, we need to recognize it because if not, you can lose everything by not being not just saying no. You run the risk of losing your job or being insubordinate or, you know, whatever that looks like a write up, if it's right. even legal or able to do right. versus losing costing someone their life. So I think it's our right. responsibility to recognize right. when we're burnt out and pause, right. like you said, and say no, like no right. is a full boundary. Right. Yeah. I'm, today it ain't happening because I don't want to kill nobody. No, so, no, no. Like, <laughs> that's my biggest fear as a nurse. I think I was always so scared that I didn't want to ever kill anybody. Right, me too. I don't want to hurt nobody. So I'm going to give you the last three. So we talked about this. Yes. Okay, this. sorry. I, we, we, I will digress on that mental no, thing. Go no, ahead. Hey, that's another fucking podcast. All right, so yeah. this, I'm going to go back over my fast. So dissatisfaction of management, better pay mm -hmm. elsewhere, lower mental health risk. Number four is more flexible hours, just like I said, mm -hmm. because most women need it because, you know, they're raising the kids. Women are awesome. Yeah. You guys run the world. You just don't fucking realize it yet. Lower <laughs> physical health risk lower mm. physical health risk that kind of ties back to mental health but it also ties back that if you work in the ed or these areas where you got these kooky fucking patients throwing shit at you bringing in mm. firearms shooting at your ass co-workers shooting you or beating you up and shit Ooh. and then uh -huh. last number six is better benefits those are the top six nice well you know people i think number one is real huge people don't leave organizations because of the organization itself they leave it because of people. And that's all right. across all organizations, all across every single job. I feel like in some cases, we need to do a better job with selecting people who go into management and making sure that they have real management and real and leadership type skills when they're selecting those people because, listen, they're losing the people. I know, but it's not going to happen. Like, I'll give you personal experience. Now, I'm not going to mention names, but it, you know me. I'm the nicest motherfucker in the world. I've I don't like failing people. I want to help you be successful. Mm -hmm. Well, I had a class yesterday. It's the first time in 10 years. Like, I really wanted to fail this lady. <laughs> I, I won't tell you what class she's in, but she was in a class that she needs mm -hmm. to teach emergency nurses. Okay. She's never been an emergency nurse. Not that these nurses aren't smart, but she was a med surge nurse. Never once has she worked in the ED, but they hired her to be an ED educator for emergency nurses. Mm. And I was asking her basic ED questions like, what do you do with the patient with a cast on? What do mm -hmm. you want to, what do you want to assess for? What, you know, I was asking her very, and she couldn't answer that. I don't know. I don't know. Every answer was, I don't know. I'm like, well, fuck, then why are you here in this class? If you don't know, like you should have some basic knowledge. You know, I wouldn't go up to a med surgeon and try to teach med surgeon nurses. I wouldn't go to OB and teach OB nurses because that's not my specialty and shit. So. I think that sometimes the higher ups, the directors and the CNOs, they hire people who are yes people instead of mm. people that know what the fuck they're doing and shit. So, And so. look at how this is, begins to create a ripple effect. 
Now, yeah. no, no pun intended, but a person, if I heard you right, med search nurse, love our med search nurses. I was, I that was too. my capacity, love them. But now they're putting this person in a different role to now teach in a different specialty that they've never worked in, right. where it's completely, I won't say night and day, but the urgency and it's the priority, and mm -hmm. it's, it's a different mindset being an ER nurse. I think once you've been an ER nurse, you can probably work anyway. But that's just my bias. But it's really hard to transition from things like med surge to ER because it's a different level of priority. There are different things that you're looking for versus up on the floor after they're already there and semi-stable, right, in your case. So that is really interesting. I'll give you an example. I, I don't want to put you on the spot. If you don't know it, you don't know. But what is the mnemonic RICE, R-I-C-E? What does that mean? Uh, rest, ice, compression, elevation. She couldn't even tell me that. That's basic nursing. <laughs> and I'm not trying to be mean, but I'm like, fuck, if you don't even know that, we're in trouble and shit. And how are you going to, how are you going to go train? And she, she admitted it. I, I've never worked in ED. I'm not an ED nurse. I don't know anything about the ED. And I'm like, then why? And I'm not mad at her. I'm mad at the people above her. Why the fuck right. would you put somebody like that in the educated position? You're setting her up for failure. And you're you going to get the organization up for failure too. <laughs> yeah, but you're setting her up for failure because she's going to go down with these seasoned ED nurses and she's going to look stupid to us. And then we're going to think she's dumb, but it's not, she's not dumb. She's probably smart as shit. She right. just doesn't know that specialty. It'd be like me trying to go up and tell, teach L and D nurses how to put on a toe coat. I'm like, right. I don't even know what, where that motherfucker goes. And like, what the hell does toe coat mean? Like, Where's the fundus? What is the lochia? I mean, why would you do that to your staff? But that's a management decision. Right. So yeah. I, I just don't get that shit. Now, I do but, get it because they do it because they want yes men and yes women. Okay, but let's back up. Where was that nurse's responsibility to know that she could if not I can fulfill say the no. job? Yeah. So, listen, I don't, I'm, this is not a role for me. I can't do this. It's not that I can't do it, but I'm not qualified at this moment. And I told her that I, you know, I emailed her and I said, listen, it's not that I don't like you or nothing. It's not, don't take this personal, but you sucked ass in class today. Here's what you didn't do. I said, I think you should work as an ED nurse. So you'll know the process and see what to do as an ED nurse before you start teaching people. I you know, agree with you. Go, go be an educator on a med surge. She's like, oh, well, I was an educator on med surge. I'm like, well, then go back to med surge and educate because, or come to the ED and work as an ED nurse. And then transition so you're better at your job. Because, yeah. you know, you don't want to teach people incorrectly. It's, so. And it's a different, it really, really is like a different dynamic. It's a different world. Right. Just as you, it's a specialty. Right. It's so, a specialty. You know, and I so, think that we have to learn how to say no to and not take the money and realize where we're really right. not qualified. And I know there's a big thing with women where we don't really apply for jobs or we really have to feel like we're qualified or overqualified. Yeah, but look at me. It goes back to the three things we talked about in previous podcasts. Right. Yeah. What but I think it? it's also important to think about when you really aren't qualified and someone may approach you about a thing because it sounds good that you know it's having a good full boundary. Like, I'm not ready for that yet, but let's do this and get me there. Maybe I will be there. I think that yeah. that is important and accountability for yep. us to understand, that especially when it comes to nursing. But that goes back to our previous conversation. They may say, okay, Star Shaman, don't worry, we'll train you. And then you get fucking down there like, oh, it's okay. You just, you'll learn it on the job. Yeah. I don't want to learn it on the fucking job. I want you to teach me so I'm not a fucking dumbass. Right. A DTD. Oh. Is it in your work? A DTD. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> 
So, yeah. So what are some ways that what are some practical ways before we wrap up, Kevin, that you would give to a nurse, right, who's out here, whether it's individually led, whether it's organization led, what are some things that you can help them with to prevent burnout so that they can deliver a better quality and safe care to their patient? Well, to me, I told you the first thing you do when you get to the hospital, you walk through the door. I don't care if you're a CNA, LVN, RN, housekeeping. Your fucking job is patient safety. If I'm screwing up, you got to make sure I'm being safe for the patient. But you have to care for yourself. Don't work all these extra hours. Like I get nurses who come in and they call me because they don't want to come to class because they got called into work. I'm like, no, you didn't, motherfucker. You picked up an extra shift. Stop picking up extra shifts. Work your three days, the other four days off, go to the beach, spend time with your family. Like, you don't know if you're going to die tomorrow, but you got to have a mental health for yourself. Exercise works. You know, nobody likes to exercise. And you don't have to get crazy, but do some kind of exercise. Go walking, listen to music, find a hobby. You got to do something. Don't be afraid to do counseling. Like, there's nothing wrong with counseling. Even if you don't want to go to a professional, talk to a stranger. You know what I mean? To get it off your chest. You got to take care of yourself because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And you want to make sure you're good for yourself, good for your family. And if you got anxiety, don't be embarrassed by it. If you got issues, don't be embarrassed by it. Nobody's going to. If people think you weak, fuck them. Who gives a shit about what they think? Right. The only person you should care about is who? God, that's my priority. I'm not a very religious person. So I don't go that's down. Fair. I don't go down a religion road. I just say you got to care about yourself. Nobody gives a fuck about you except you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you're religion, I'm not mad at people who are religious. So, you know, I understand that. But you got to right. care about yourself first because even God, he'll fucking give you the answers. But if you're too stupid to pay attention, he's not going to stay there forever and wait for your ass and shit. He'll That's move on true. To the next person, so. That is very true. He gets you all the ingredients for the cake or, because the cake yeah. wasn't made for you. Yeah. You got an issue with it, yeah. yeah. Or she, or she. I don't know if it's a he or she or whatever the hell it is up there. But like you said, they, he or she, God can bring you the damn ingredients. And say, here's the ingredients. You wanted the fucking cake, make it. And you're like, well, I, I don't know how to cook. Well, fucking learn, you know. Yeah. But you got to take care of yourself. That's yeah. one thing nurses got to learn to do. Yeah, that's true. Because when you look at, you know, now burnout. Yeah. And as I was sharing with you, like I do these debate kind of assignments within my classroom. And one of the things is the hot trending topic was self-care for nurses. And to me, self-care isn't about what you do on Saturdays only. Self-care is an everyday part of your routine. Everyday routine. Everyday routine. I tell my female CEOs, you know, like being a CEO, self-care isn't just a day that I get to go sit at the spa and get my toes done and my feet done. That's maintenance, right? Right. I feel like those things are maintenance. Those are not self-care things. Self-care is drinking my water, meditating, reading my Bible, if that's it, you know, doing those things that refill my cup up so that I can go out and provide and operate in my capacity. So sometimes it's saying no to a shift, right? Right. And being selfish. Sometimes it's sacrificially getting on a car ride and driving to the coast. And then I may look like I ain't got the money, but this is going to be so much better. You don't need money. Drive to the fucking, yeah. You don't need money. Drive to the fucking coast and put your damn feet in the water and relax. Lay down on the sand and be quiet. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So putting those boundaries in place, I think those are ways that's going to help you prevent from burnout. Knowing as Kevin, he gave some good things around and stats and our rights as nurses and our things that we can technically say no to, whether or not you knew that you can say no to it in a safe and legal type way right. where right. you shouldn't have any retaliation. That's security for you is knowing right. these things is security because 
Now you're able safely to say, no, I'm not going to take that assignment because it's a patient safety issue. Right. Right. Like where is your is your safety in compromising what you know to care for a person in a day that can lead to unsafe care and can eventually lead to the loss of life for a person? Or is it saying, no, I'm probably not the person for the job because I didn't get checked off on this. I'm willing to co-do this, which I probably won't do because it's too much money. Right. Tell right. two nurses do the same thing, but here, let's go do this. Like now that you know your rights, how do you better show up and operate in your capacity? And then right. my big thing is here, nurse, know when you're burnt out. There are so many different things that you can do beyond the bedside to impact the bedside. Don't feel like once you became a nurse that a bedside nurse was it for you. If you want to turn into a med spa, if you want to go give Botox to people, package right. that shit up and go and do it. Right. Here's the thing. When I, I'm a post this on my social media today, but don't you know what the top earner is? Like when you look at all these different occupations from lawyers, nurses, doctors, right? Guess what the top earner is? What is it? The business owner. And right. why is that? Because you can make as much money doing what you love and doing right. what you want. Kevin, you know, you're the boss, right? I'm <laughs> you not the boss. the boss over there. I am not the boss. I'm just a worker. Whatever. It's past the boss. I just show up to work. Look, she ain't fucking here. She's hey, she's in the the world. <laughs> That's right. I just do what I'm told. <laughs> I love it. But you do have a level of freedom. And I know Miss Pat's I the do. boss and she's running the thing. But I'm sure it has some level of freedom, some peace to you that probably you didn't get with working right. at the bedside. And you get to right. cap your own salary, right? right? Like, did y'all hear that commercial within the podcast? Go sign up with my boy. Uh, Go well, take a class with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just know me and, me and Miss Pat have made the same amount of money for the last four years. We make less money now than we did as a teacher and nurse together, but we're happier because we're not exactly. focused on money. We're just focused on time, quality of time, each other, our kids, and life instead of money. We're not chasing money. We're just we're chasing freedom. Right. And you're serving yeah. your community. Like, I hear you're doing I'm a lot trying. of serving and servicing. I'm and once trying. you can serve and serve from that capacity, everything else becomes peace. People chase yeah. money and they'll never fulfill the life that they really, really want. Because once you get it, there's always more. And then you find yourself burnt to hell. Out. Right. I don't want to be burned out. I'm enjoying life. So and I'll find, I'll find some toolkits for nurses to use to help with burnout. And I'll send them to you so you can post them with the podcast links and on our social media and okay. stuff. Well, send them home, Kevin. Send them out. Oh. All right. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you for coming in. All right. This was uh, Starshima and Kevin wrapping up Nurse to Nurse Talk. We hope you had a good time. Thank you, guys.